Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to Bretton Cliff's Flea Circus. My name is Cliff and I can see a more hirsute man on the other side. Hirsute? Yes, that's oh, you. I like that word. I've never even heard of it before. What does it mean? Hairy. It means you're a very hairy man. Oh, hair suit. I'm a man in a hair suit. <laughs> yeah, a man in a hair suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm attempting to grow a beard. Mm-hmm. A grey one. Attempt is uh, the right word. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's only it's only a week's growth. I know this. you are a hairy man, so uh, like a, it's not bad. But you look like oh, your dad. Thanks. I know that's that's the thing, isn't it? I do look like my dad, especially with a grey in it and stuff. I've got a couple of things to say before we get into it. Um, yeah. Firstly, uh, we've just been chatting about it a bit, but our family's had some bad news this week, and. Uh, my wife's grandma passed away, um, so I just want to. Uh, we're both having a drink, so I'll raise a yep. glass to raise a glass to Jenny. Yeah, um, Sarah Jenny, Jane. Yeah. Um, I've met her a bunch of times, not millions, but got to know her a bit. She's a really funny woman, and obviously had been a very, very strong and uh, formidable lady in a in a youth mm-hmm. and when she was younger. And I know, obviously. Uh, Jane had a great deal of affection for her, um, mm-hmm. and uh, she reached ninety nine, which is some in So good on you, Jenny. Yeah, good um, innings, ninety nine. Yeah, she she, um, she had dementia, um, so we go around and see her. Um, all all of Jane's family live in the same village. I think I mentioned before. Basically, her uh-huh. sister used to live next door. Uh, grandma lived over the road, and they've been in that village for hundreds of years. So. Mm-hmm. All, like all the histories there, um, but what would happen when you went to visit her was she'd because um, she didn't really know what was going on. She thought she was younger than she was, so that meant all of you were different people from the past, still yeah. family members and stuff. So Jane mm-hmm. became her auntie. She had an auntie mm-hmm. Jane, I think. So she became that Jane, not yeah. Jane, our granddaughter. I mean, I only met her, let's say twelve, ten, twelve times or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so she didn't really, I didn't really have a character. Uh, I wasn't like one of these constant people that she'd seen all yeah. the time. So uh-huh. um, I was, uh, first time, I, I think I was the TV repairman. Like, cause she <laughs> was a little bit confused. So it's like, oh, and who's this, this young man? And yeah. uh, 
Jane would say, oh, this is my husband. Uh, it's Paul. Yeah. He's come to see you. We got ma- we're getting married or we're getting married or we got married or whatever. And she'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I, I don't know who this man is. And she just kind of ignore it like because she didn't yeah. understand. So yeah. then you just become someone else. So mm-hmm. she actually did need a telly. The aerial was out or something. So right. then I became like this handyman. So the next did time I went. Did you fix it? I did fix it. Yeah, well. <laughs> The next time I went, I had to fix a radiator. Like I can put uh-huh. an aerial back in the telly, but I cannot yeah. fix a radiator. <laughs> no, no. Stick with the TV repair, man. I was like, you. I'll put that, I'll get BBC on for you again if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, stuff like that. And uh, we used to sing, um, she used to love singing mm-hmm. O Tannenbaum at Christmas. Well, it actually didn't have to be Christmas. Yeah. She loved singing that. Um, yeah. in, in- Incy Wincy Spider, which always like it was just weird. All like all yeah. these adults in a room singing into you into spider together. Um, Brilliant song though. But absolutely fantastic. And there's actions. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the actions, but there there are actions for them. Um, no, I can't remember them. So uh basically we had what we managed to have a one last uh like a video call, Skype call with her. Um mm-hmm. and it was kind of the last time any of us, all the family got a chance to to be part of it. Um and we were all ended up singing Incy Wincy Spider. <laughs> so I don't think any of us I don't think any of us will forget that. Like it was a, <laughs> obviously it was a sad occasion, but yeah. you know, there was something fun and memorable came out of it and it meant yeah. our daughter Pearl got to meet her great grandma. A little happy ending, we'll have a nice memory after it all calms down to, to think oh, of it. course, yeah. So I'm, anyway, that's... waffled on a bit there, but just wanted no, to no. Pay a little bit of tribute to her, and uh, obviously it's on my yeah, mind. Yeah, so. I think anybody at home as well who's listening to this should uh, get a little glass and, and have a little cheers yeah. as well. Uh-huh, and sing into you into Spider to yourself. I was going to say, the other who were a bit delayed doing this because you decided to prank us by putting a robot voice on your computer, which uh-huh. wouldn't get switched off like, <laughs> one of, like one of your John Carpenter films that you adore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I constantly are. Yeah, so I, I was, I couldn't get this thing off the computer. I could have it, it infiltrated me, uh, me computer completely. So I was a chipmunk at one point, I think, wasn't I? And a, a robot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but eventually I got it off. I had to restart the computer about twenty times, but eventually it it, it went. All for a daft joke. Nobody All for got a daft joke. <laughs> yep. Shall we, shall we kick off with your, your questions, Cliff? Okay. Let's do it. Right. Good. Right. The first one, I think you'll I think you'll be quite interested in. Okay. If I can find it anyway, that's that's the thing. Um, have you ever heard of a novelist called Edward Bulwer Lighton? I don't think so. You don't Next. think so? Next. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've got to delve into it. Okay. Well, you, sh- you should have. Uh, is it, is he the author of the book, Paul Clifford? <laughs> 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 so you have heard of him then? Can that you believe is... that nobody has ever bought me that book? Surely no? at some point in my life, leaving I know. different jobs or whatever, somebody should have bought us that book. They should have done. He is the author of a novel called Paul Clifford. Do you know what the novel Paul Clifford's about? Um, a very handsome, suave man, I think. Well, 
I, I didn't read that bit. It is a, it is about a, a it, it was written in 1830, and it's about a man who lives a dual life as a criminal and an upscale gentleman, which okay. does sound like you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we need to do a deep but dive into Paul Clifford. We, <laughs> we do. We definitely do. We're trying, but, uh, I mean, it's not... A, no, I, I could just yeah, find it somewhere. Ten a penny in charity shops. I know if you know. Google it, if you Google uh-huh. Paul Clifford... I think I'm on like the second, I'm on the second page of Google, I think. But the mm-hmm. first page is Paul Clifford, the book. Paul Clifford, the friend of Jonathan Woodgate and Lee Boyer, the one who actually went to prison over the racist attack. It was a guy All called right. Paul Clifford, who's also from the northeast uh-huh. of England. And I think he's one year mm-hmm. older. So don't like that. It's easy to get the two confused, <laughs> isn't it? Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And I don't know, there's probably other ones, but yeah. They're the two that come up on Google. And if you, uh-huh. the, if you Google the book, I'm sure there's loads of entries that are basically like, often referred to as the worst book ever written. <laughs> <laughs> well, the book in itself isn't famous. Um, and the author is, isn't a famous writer, really. But he is famous for coining certain phrases. The within opening line, right? Books. The That's right, line. yes. It's, it's the opening line, which is, is the most famous. It was a dark and stormy night mm-hmm. so that's that's the opening that's of from the book. paul clifford like that's mad it the is worst book yeah. ever written but <laughs> but the first line i mean it must have gone really downhill from there because that's <laughs> it was like the first line that everybody thinks is like yeah it's in everything isn't it uh-huh so i mean he, he coined that and other phrases such as the the great unwashed which is also you and that's in paul clifford as well um but the other one the pen is mightier than the sword. That's another is that one of in his there? books. Oh, I didn't know that. It's not in that. It's not on oh, Paul okay. Clifford, but it's in another one. So you did actually know about that author, then, didn't you? Well, you have heard of that before. Did you see Trump's uh, new outburst this week? I saw him. Uh, ask China. I saw. Him, should ask China. I saw him shouting at an Asian lady that he sh- yeah. she should ask that question to China instead of yeah. him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why did uh, he ask China? I mean, That's what he said. He's an Awful embarrassment, man. isn't he? Uh, he is. But except he's not. As he, I mean, he should. He should have been removed from office. <laughs> he has made no. Difference. I mean, this is the this is the worst <laughs> crisis, right? That that we've faced in certainly all lifetimes, and to have Trump in office in well, America and Boris, and Boris Johnson here, it's just a, it's a recipe think, for disaster. Do you think it's a coincidence that the UK and the US have the two highest rates of death? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly not. Possibly not. I don't yeah, think but then so. I saw he, um, he pointed at the woman after he said, ask China. And that woman was like, what? What do you mean, ask China? What? Mm-hmm. He went, another question from you, please. And he pointed at the woman next to her. And she from the went, one behind her? And she walked forward to the <laughs> microphone. And he went, not and you, he... somebody else. And she was like, what? I haven't even asked right. a question yet. And he went, uh-huh. yeah, you took too long. And she was like, I've just got <laughs> I'm literally, you asked her to speak and I started speaking. Not you. Uh-huh. <laughs> not you. Okay, Didn't mean now. you. You know, he, I mean, he's know. an awful, awful man. Like, I know we have some listeners in America, and uh, I don't know whether they agree with us or not on this. I mean, well, they the might. It's all about opinions, isn't it? I'm, you know, of um, course. You know, like I'm, I'm, I would never 
just but to, to say that he's not ridiculous, right, got would be ridiculous. wrong, wouldn't it? He's, <laughs> he's a completely ridiculous man, isn't he? I mean, at, at the end of the day, he's a TV host and a, a, a guy who business. builds towers. <laughs> yeah, field business. That's all he is. I've got, uh, do you know the, the crying game, Cliff? A bit, I think. Is there like a surprise ending? Yeah, well, it's not a very good game, is it? <laughs> it was a joke that that was a joke <laughs> I'm glad you laughed <laughs> good gag that is it uh, thanks very much I made that up myself it, it, it's actually a, a twist at the end I think uh, it's a lady who's actually a man I think that's that's the uh, premise okay. of the thing yeah. I'm actually I'm a watch it but not because of that no um, That's all I've got, really. So, shall we talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah, so we decided to talk about the Beatles anthology this week, didn't we? I we did. can't really remember why. I think I just wanted to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and I think it, it's a massive part of me and you being friends, I think, mm-hmm. the Beatles anthology. Not so much the TV show, although. I remember that that, because that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the first episode of the TV show, um, which I remember recording off the, off Mm -hmm. the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Each part. So I've seen it a couple of times, Um, but the the actual albums were a massive part of of me and you growing up. I don't think we'll listen to specific Beatles albums. Me and you listened to the anthology, didn't we? Yeah. All the way through. I mean, we poured over it, rewound it. Yeah, like oh, CDs. So skip back. Listen, we uh-huh. were obsessed with the the studio chat and the outtakes and the different versions of the songs. Yeah, um, we used to recite it all to each other. We, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a strange one now, and I think the TV show has the same uh, the same thing affects the TV show because now if you you want to know about something, you can find it out like. At yeah. this point, when the Beatles anthology came out, mm-hmm. came out nineteen ninety four, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So the Beatles split up. It's only twenty four years after the Beatles split up. I mean, it, it's a massive amount of time because is it twenty four? Yeah, we were fourteen. Yeah. It was twenty four years since the Beatles. Seventy, split up. wasn't it? The split up. So yeah, and it yeah. Well, it was twenty five because it was it was uh, nineteen ninety five, I think. Okay. The anthologies came out, so it was okay. twenty-five years, like a kind of anniversary thing. Jeff Wanford is the man who like directed this, or he's the guy behind the tube, tiny television. Um, right. And his daughter Sam is basically what the person that um, I give her a shout out for sure because I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for her. Like when I first started doing me journalism training, she was one of the main people involved in the culture section of the journal in Newcastle. And uh-huh. it's one of those things like Jane's one, and I'll, you were at me when you knew her to say how Jane basically give us some belief to get into it. Um, but then when I started training, Sam, it's that thing like, yeah, I want to write for the NME. I mean, it's probably not going to be your first job, mate. Some people it will be. Yeah. But other people, you know, you start a local newspaper and all of that. And most people are like, well, all right, everybody wants to work for fucking Vogue or Condé Nast or all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. Um, but Sam at least gave me the chance to write about music. I interviewed musicians, I reviewed stuff and all of that kind of stuff. 
Now, at the time, yeah. I didn't realise it was her dad, Jeff, who was behind the Beatles anthology. I probably would never have really? left her alone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> uh, but amazing, obviously, over man. time, I've come to know that. Um, mm -hmm. So I was chatting a little bit to her because uh, she was also really kind when we were having a baby. Uh, and I was saying, oh, I think we're going to do the anthology. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, we got talking and she was like, you know what? I don't think I've ever watched it because it was such a massive part of life while my dad was putting it together. Yeah, uh, like, I can't even remember watching the full thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember the day it was on. Yeah, I remember. My mum's a big Beatles fan as well. And mm -hmm. sitting down in the living room waiting for it to start. And I uh -huh. think, getting back to the original point was, what we don't realise, or might be a little bit alien to people now, was the Beatles had gone, they had broken up. The unknown. Yeah, the unknown history it. of it as well. Yeah, that was it. Wasn't it like you up. say that you, you couldn't sort of go on the internet and and check out all these things, could you? I mean, it was until these type of document. I know a lot of documentaries have been made about the Beatles and stuff, but this is this it was them talking about themselves, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and it was also the definitive one, wasn't it? This is yeah. the standard bearer of all the documentaries about them because it's yeah. got their involvement. Um, mm -hmm. And they had access. I think one thing about the Beatles is it's always been a very close, close-knit group, hasn't it? Not a lot uh -huh. of people have got in that inner circle. Certainly no. not after John died and Yoko Ono took the reins of his estate and stuff. Understandably yeah. very protective about how that image gets used and mm -hmm. footage gets used and stuff like that. So... Mm -hmm. At this point, this stuff hadn't been seen before. Like some of this footage for the first time, music heard yeah. for the first time, the footage of them in the cavern mm -hmm. had never been seen before. And I remember watching it thinking, fucking hell, this is amazing. For me, mom, it must have been mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it still has the same impact now because it's watching it now because obviously loads more has happened since then. But yeah. I remember that we were chatting last night about that first shot of mm -hmm. the Beatles, of them performing. And then the it drum, zooms out it? and they're in the drum. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. On the it version is. you watched, it didn't have a freezer bird on, did it? No, it didn't have freezer bird on. It didn't have that on. Um, is that on well, the I, version that was on the telly? Was that on at the beginning or at the end? I think there's different. I think the one that you sent me is an extended version of the one that was on the television. Okay. So I think there's like some kind of director's cut. And I think that's the one that you, you actually, you sent me. I mean, I, I remember Freezer Bird and the video for Freezer yeah. Bird's absolutely class, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. Yeah. But I, I remember watching this as well when it came out. Like I say, I recorded it and I watched it over and over again. But the, the good thing that other things came out with it, the CDs or the, the vinyl or whatever, I've got the book. Yeah, I got as the well. massive the book. book. <laughs> massive book, yeah. So, but this is the thing that me and you listen to isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. And do, do you know how I got those CDs? Because they were quite expensive at the time. I think they were about 20, 25 quid yeah, per I mean, CD because it's a double album, isn't it? Yeah, double so album. I remember how I got boxes. them. I'm going to say yeah. that either you stole them from the library or you are part of Britannia Music Group <laughs> or something like that. And you signed yeah. up to get like the initial offer and then you, uh -huh. you, you never went back or something like that. I'm that, sure of that. that it, is the second, the latter would be true. So we, I, I saw an advert in a Sunday magazine for these these Beatles albums, these new Beatles albums, the anthology, and I signed up. Um, 
not realising that obviously Britannia would then afterwards send you a CD a month, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I got the Beatles albums and stuff like that, and they're amazing. And then they would send us periodically sort of Rick Astley CDs or, you know, Annie <laughs> Lennox, stuff, stuff I'm not interested in. So to get out of it, what my mom did was she wrote a letter to the good people at Britannia and told them that I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so that really? I didn't have to yeah yeah it's true uh, she, she wrote a letter saying that I died <laughs> to get out of the contract <laughs> I love your mum yeah I didn't know great. that I think I love her even more now that's amazing <laughs> yeah so uh, so that's how she got out of it but uh, I mean me and you used to just sit and listen to these outtakes and demos and stuff like that mm -hmm. and i actually listened to the first one and what i've realized is listening to the beatles sort of fuck things up is a lot better than listening to most bands sort <laughs> of you know actual recordings i mean it, it, that's the thing with the beatles the music's amazing right everything's amazing about them, but their personalities and the way that the joke with each each other and stuff like that is also brilliant and i think that's what this documentary sort of captures yeah, I that think humor so. we only watched the first one but i'll probably keep watching watch the rest i've got the dvds but i've got it on the telly as well i mean i didn't even need to watch it that much i can remember yeah. pretty much everything about it talking about uh -huh. the music though um also i was going to mention um our our mutual friend john john barker who's off the all the right movies podcast as well um, he recorded some of the songs for me on a cassette. You know, he used to make cassettes for people and stuff. Yeah. Uh, or he'd uh -huh. tape a full album and give it to someone. He, yeah. he recorded for me um, Three Cool Cats. That Which one. is amazing. Yeah. I love that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And. Besame. Besame mucho. So, I, I mean, I genuinely love that song. Um, yes, yeah, so do I. And The Shake of Araby, which is the other one of the, that three uh -huh. together. Um, so I got this C90 cassette off John that had those three on. Then it had Boyzone's Father and Son, the Cat Stevens oh, no. cover. Then it had an Offspring song. Um, right. Awful. There's one, there's one, I quite like that song. That was no, on I it. don't. I can't remember it. They're and then off. I think the rest of the tape was the Beautiful South's Carry On Up The Charts, best of. Right, and I hate the Beautiful South as well. Yeah. So, uh, John like, Barker's just gone down in my estimation. I like, the, I mean, I like I, the Beautiful South. All right, the Beatles stuff. But I, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a band I dislike more than the Beautiful South. Really? Yeah. They've got some great songs. No, I hate them. <laughs> oh, well, we'll stop talking about that. But Bessame Mucho, I'm pretty sure <laughs> the... Uh, me grand again, unbeknownst to me at the time, but my granddad, who used to sing in the club every now and then, he used to sing that. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, Did I'm he? Sure, my dad will comment on the Facebook group after this yeah. and tell us whether I'm right or wrong. But I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure my mom told us that he used to sing it. I already loved the song. I know it's like a cheesy one and it's like an old show tune or whatever, but I yeah. always liked it. Like I love Paul McCartney singing it, but also yeah. it's, it's just one of. The, it's just weird, isn't it? Like, it's not weird, but it's obviously, it's not a pop song, is it? Which is no. why it's weird to hear the Beatles doing it. Uh, well, that's it. And it must have been important to the Beatles as well, because, I mean, it's on anthology number one. And isn't it on the third one as well? 
like it's not they on the would third just one. stop they, they recorded and they would do it, it again the, yeah they recorded it for the let it be sessions um yeah which so it's on there the new version of that by peter jackson's coming out soon i can't wait for that hopefully uh, oh, restore well, that'll, that uh, yeah that'll be good because that film and album in my opinion could be so much better <laughs> than they are um well that's for another time i think uh yeah so yeah, like um, I I mean we were fourteen and this was this was coming mm-hmm. out like we already liked the Beatles a bit and then mm-hmm. the thing for us was this was new Beatles music coming out while we were mm-hmm. fourteen we were hearing this new Beatles music at the same time as my mom heard the Beatles when she was fourteen yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. the, I think that's what's a bit mad yeah. about it all and why we yeah. could own it a bit it was very yeah. uh, why we were very excited about it. Um, yeah, but the TV I agree. show. I agree with that definitely. That you know, it, it's a new Beatles song. Wow, I mean, you know, first time in twenty five years, new Beatles songs being being released. But also, we were actually listening to you know old rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, it was the Beatles doing it, but we were listening to old rock and roll. So yeah. maybe, certainly for me at the time, I think it was the first time that I'd been sort of exposed to stuff like that it wasn't played okay. around the house well, i mean little richard and stuff like that wasn't played around the house okay bit different for me because I, th- I i've got no idea how or why but i was yeah. always i was into rock and roll music from being about like eight or nine i guess uh-huh. my mom and dad must have given us some stuff i, I heard it somewhere but i mean things I like back to the back to the future and stuff like that mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. you know you, that's where I got my sort mm. of interest, you know, from yep. it. Um, but I used to listen to Buddy Holly, and I used to listen to, uh, I think I've said before, Dion, Dion and the Belmonts, he's my favourite singer. I used mm-hmm. to listen to that religiously. I remember, I, it takes us back, you know, when music takes you back. Listening to these rock yeah. and roll albums takes us back to sitting in my bedroom as a kid playing on my Spectrum on various games. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it just transporters and i used to listen to that before i really heard the beatles and then i heard the beatles and then i realized they used to do that stuff as well and i, I like my mind was blown a bit by that yeah. um and uh, mm-hmm. one of the great things about this program the way it it starts is it starts with that like kind of iconic beatles shot and mm-hmm. then it goes like kind of back to them being young and like kind of yeah. zooms back, talks about them, shows pictures of them as kids, and again, mm-hmm. like fascinating stuff. Then yeah. goes to them being teenagers and starting to get into music and how they met each other. And uh-huh. then it just starts playing clips of this music that they loved. And within yeah. 15, 20 minutes of this program starting, not only have you heard the Beatles and saw the Beatles, but mm-hmm. you've seen Jerry Lee Lewis, you've seen Buddy yeah. Holly, you've seen Big Bill Brunsey and some uh, blues guys like that. Yeah. You've seen uh, Little El- Elvis, Little Richard, mm-hmm. and you're like, fucking hell, I've spent 15 minutes at the show, and I've uh-huh. seen pretty much all, a big chunk of the greatest yeah. artists of all time. And you know yeah. I'm a big Elvis fan as well, and Elvis mm-hmm. and the Beatles never really got on, and no. there's loaded, that's another story. But And the music doesn't really sit well together, although he did do something. Um, but, like, it's it's hard it's hard to think about it now but elvis obviously massively influenced john lennon even uh-huh. if they never really did any elvis tunes i think they might yeah. do one or two early on um the thing that got me is is 
I mean, what it must have been like for you know the you know the four lads, the four Beatles at the time, to be exposed to this brand new music, which was rock and roll. I mean, previous to that would have been jazz and stuff like that, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And then there would have been this complete explosion of music, which I think John Lennon said it, it changed his life, didn't he? When he heard yeah. Elvis, yeah. when he heard rock and roll, it just completely changed his life. His life went a different direction completely. And I'm sure there was a lot of people like that. Because the good thing about this, mm-hmm. when they are talking, when they're, you know, when they're younger and stuff like that, I mean, there's good bits where the, the humour comes in, especially Ringo's bit where he, his mother would tell him that the, the Second World War started because he was born. <laughs> I, like, I like that. I mean, that's a great, that's a great, like, mum. It bit is. Of guilt, <laughs> bit of guilt trip, isn't it? That only, like, mums and dads yeah. can do. Uh-huh. And I mean, George Harrison's talking about listening to the the radio and stuff like that. And he says, and people used to call it the cat's whiskers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there's, there's just fantastic bits about that. Um, so that, I mean, how rock and roll sort of influenced them and into what they eventually became, which then changed music again, Yeah, was, was the thing that this, the first episode of the anthology sort of captures, doesn't it? You know when people say oh, the Beatles are really overrated? Do you <laughs> think they're trying to be complete cunts or they just are complete cunts? <laughs> yeah. Well, the Beatles well, are so overrated. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I hate this, man. Like, like I've uh, met uh, a person and, and this, I you know, when you try to talk to people and stuff like that, I've, t- I've talked to you about the, w- the woman at the workplace with the George Harrison thing. <laughs> oh, I like George Harrison, but I don't like the Beatles. Um, I mean, this, this guy, <laughs> this guy, he played the guitar and stuff like that, you know, so I got chatting to him. And uh, I says, well, do you like football? He says, no, I don't like football. I mean, I like music. Oh, I like music as well. You, you like the Beatles? No, don't like the Beatles. I thought, well, I'm I'm not really going to be able to have a conversation with you, mate. <laughs> That's it. No, I, <laughs> you I for me. <laughs> well, I, I, obviously, if you don't like guitar music, you don't like rock music, rock and roll music. Okay, whatever. If you like jazz, then you probably not. You might not like the Beatles. If you like classical music, you might not like the Beatles. And we, I, we, I wouldn't have well, much to talk about with these people. But I get it. But what I don't think when people say they're overrated, I don't get how they can be overrated. Like you might not like yeah. them that much because you prefer different music, but uh-huh. I don't. I mean, I don't listen to Mozart, but I'm not going to say he's overrated. That's like saying a lot of people like you, but I don't. I mean, it's amazing. I think. Have you read the book Tune In by Mark Lewison? No, I haven't. I mean, you. It's massive, mm-hmm. but you should. It's the first of three. There's nobody with better info and better contacts Uh and he was involved in this project very early on i believe from stuff Mm -hmm. i've heard of with him for some reason george harrison fell out with them and i think neil aspinall fell out with him so he was out of the inner circle and therefore Uh he's he's out i think he was also meant to be writing a mccartney book and that didn't happen so but as a scholar of the beatles he's amazing so this book Uh All this stuff in the first episode of the anthology, that takes an hour. This book is something like 600 pages that covers all of this. Uh, uh-huh. It's until they release their first album. 
and I've never honestly as a Beatles fan you've just got to read it it's incredible uh-huh. this guy right is amazing it's huge uh-huh. but it's worth pouring over every page and what yeah. you get a sense of it from the anthology but what you uh, what you certainly get from the book is that it's almost like fate that all mm-hmm. of these things happened it's luck slash fate plus talent yep. like uh-huh. it's these guys are obviously talented, but it wasn't happening. Like a chance for them. meeting in yeah, a chance meeting out of village fate. And yeah, stuff. it wasn't happening for them even when they were together. They, they talk about it in this. They went, uh-huh. they won this competition. They went on a tour of Scotland. They came yeah. back and they were all depressed. They wanted to give up. John yeah. Lennon sold his guitar because he couldn't be asked with it anymore or whatever. Uh-huh. And um, then nick somebody else's. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's it's all this kind of there's just these little moments that. And and the encounters that make them what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So instead of talking about all the different scenes of the show, we can. What one thing is, I mean, the stories. I could recite your Paul McCartney story. <laughs> I think these are the first time that these stories were aired. But fuck mm-hmm. me, uh, twenty-five, six years later, how many times have we heard him tell these stories now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I personally, I, I, I just love listening to them all speak. I mean, I, 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 their personalities me, just me shine too. through me for too. me. I just love them. It's just such a shame that you know John Lennon's sort of gone and what, what the things that he would have said. Do you know what I think? I mean, if that's he was still hard alive. to know, isn't it? And the I stuff think... that he would have added would have been absolutely. I think so. Because he's a spiky man, isn't he, John Lennon? Well, I think that's one of the. Hold his tongue. I think that's one of the things that. It's not a fault of the show or the Mm -hmm. people who made it, but they obviously had to use available interviews from John Lennon. And as we both know, he didn't really have a lot of kind words to say about the Beatles Mm -hmm. or George Martin, like after they split up. He didn't have a lot of time for them. He fell out with George quite spectacularly. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody remained friends with Ringo. Um, obviously, he fell out with Paul for a long time, although it was they were a bit closer than I think people thought by the end and in the middle of the 70s. Um, but because of, we've got the interviews when he was given interviews, and he's such an opinionated man, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of times he's given these interviews and he's just ranting. Mm-hmm. It's not all very favorable it's obviously very biased towards those feelings he was feeling at the time in 1972 or 1974 or whatever Mm -hmm. whereas you've got george and john uh george and paul with the benefit of hindsight maybe being a little bit more forgiven of each other and of and a little bit more critical of their own behavior i mean paul mccartney says i probably always talk down to george was feeling of yeah um, uh-huh. Although he still says he was a year and a half younger than us, and it cuts to Jordan, he's like, "I'm nine months younger than him." <laughs> <laughs> so he's still doing him down a bit. Yeah, but that, I mean that—that's uh, not only you know well, robbed of a genius in John Lennon. They're all geniuses in my book. All the Beatles are geniuses, but they were well robbed of of also him looking back over that time. Yeah, and, I agree. And sort I agree. of talking about it. Which is a massive shame. Do you know what I mean? And that's what I mean because I think the interviews we do have with him about the Beatles would be very different if he got. The of course, 50. they would. They would. Yeah. Very... I mean, it would be different when this program was made. His his opinion. 
opinions would have been different in hindsight. There would have been, do you know what I mean? Might there would have, have been, Yeah. I mean, it's, I was reading, um, because this, the Beatles anthology originally was another documentary called The Long and Winding Road. Yes, and that's the um, one that uh, Lewis Owen was, uh-huh. in, it was involved in. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, that, that's what was originally. Um, and in 1980, John Lennon sued, I think it was a, a Beatlemania, some kind of production, mm-hmm. and the, he cited, well, I'm planning to you know, get the Beatles back together and do a reunion for the start of this, this Long and Winding yeah. Road documentary that was going to be made. So I, even at that time, just before his death, I think you know, he, he was starting to have different yeah. thoughts and different feelings about things. I think but we're being robbed about the, of that, haven't we? I mean, uh, yeah, we have. Death. I think he said that just as a way to block it. I don't think he was going to get the Beatles back together. I think. I don't was, know. I mean, even Yoko says he was going to do it. Yoko wouldn't let him speak to Paul McCartney. Kept ringing <laughs> up, and she kept fucking putting the phone down. <laughs> yeah, well, let's and by the way, I'll, I'll, I'm a Yoko Ono fan. Like, uh, I, I like her. Um, even the shouting. You like the show? I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not, ah! I, I'm not gonna listen to an hour of it, but I don't hate her like a lot of people hate. Her. No, I don't just a hate fucking her. Woman, she's also yeah. like a very brave artist. Like John yeah. Lennon wouldn't have done what he did if it wasn't for her. I don't. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we can say is like, you know, John Lennon's at times very problematic, like some of his behavior yeah. and a lot of the stuff he said. Not, you know, it's not not like for the modern man like me and you. Um, <laughs> But you know, like again, yeah. But I, 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 John Lennon was like, a, you know, you had you still be a desk he, there, like Boris Johnson. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, lots of terrible things happened to John. I mean, he, he reconnected with his mother, his mother mm-hmm. got killed, his best mate got killed or died, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, as, as a result of an injury. But yeah, ultimately, think... the guy was just about love. I, I know that, you know especially with the relationships that he had with the, his, his wife at the time and his son aren't, you know, aren't nice to think about. And, you know, I wouldn't praise him for that. But many other things, I, I wouldn't go back over time and over history and say that John Lennon was a bad person. Look, I mean, he admitted he, was, he, was a, he wasn't a good man to some, of the, some or a lot of the women in his life. Like he admitted it, mm-hmm. and I think he knew it, and he knew he hadn't acted well with Julian, and mm-hmm. he'd probably been a dick to a lot of people, like a lot, of, like a lot of us are. Um, all you can do is try and then learn from it and be better. Uh-huh. Like everybody who has that to some effect, not everybody yeah. beats their girlfriend or their wife up, but you know, like everybody has some elements of their life that think, "Fuck, if I could go back, I wouldn't do that again." So all yeah. I can do now is try extra hard to uh-huh. not be like that or to mm-hmm. change somebody else's opinion or feelings before they do that. And I think he did try and do that. We've got off topic yeah. a bit there. Um, <laughs> I did a little bit. We should well, just do a John Lennon one so there's and two, a McCartney one like, and a Ringo one and a Harrison I, I, one. I, I, Separate I, I'd them. love it. You know how much I love Ringo. <laughs> one of the things about this whole anthology that's amazing is mm-hmm. how it's, I mean, it's so good that it spawned a series of sketches that like basically just took what he did and uh-huh. just did it. Like it's, it's so good. Every single time you've got Paul McCartney going, so 
we took to the stage and uh, John looked at me, I looked at John, yeah. I looked at George and uh-huh. we all nodded and then we played raunchy and everybody <laughs> fucking loved it. And then it cuts to George and George is like, yeah, and everybody, uh, we played raunchy and everybody liked uh-huh. it and it was great. Yeah. And then it cuts to Ringo. Yeah, we played... Uh, uh yeah we did rock around the clock uh, <laughs> he's got a totally different memory of all of it yeah i mean i know he's coming out of a long time of alcoholism when he makes this and he looks uh-huh. decidedly rougher than the other guys <laughs> and yeah. you know i love ringo he was in a bad place for a long time and mm-hmm. it's obviously affected his memory because <laughs> he couldn't have the, the other end of the Different. stick, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, which is why I love the Peter Serafinovich series of sketches of Ringo Remembers, because how many years have we said Ringo has just got the wrong fucking memory of all of this, obviously. <laughs> and then yeah. good on Serafinovich, you come up with an entire series of sketches about... The, other, the other good thing from this as well, I, I don't know if you remember a program called Big Trade. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a bit where George Martin's on it. Oh well, I, I love it, mate. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, Simon Pegg and people yep. like that are in it, and it's uh, it's really funny. But there's there's one where George Martin gets kidnapped, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's just talking about the Beatles and you know in that monotone kind yeah. of voice of his. <laughs> And he's they chuck him in the the car and the the stuff like that. They keep him away for like years and years, and then <laughs> goes into a sort of uh, a press conference, and they say, "Well, you know, you've been in captivity for so long. How was it?" And he he answers by, "Well, Ringo's drumming was." <laughs> <laughs> so he kind of goes on with that monotone voice. It's just yeah. absolutely class, yeah, and I'm sure that's right. probably you know from this anthology as well. So yeah. Well, it will be because these people hadn't talked or been captured on uh, yeah. film as much in Big Train and Serafinovich would have, you know, there would have been the writers and the performers would have been forming these ideas around the time when it came out. Yeah. Um, it's just great. But I love the Ringo Remembers where he does the Goldfinger song. I, 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 I absolutely love it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, it took me... Uh, and It took me eight years and I finished it and I sent them it. They're like, Ringo... The film's been and gone, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you think of Ringo? What do you think of the criticism of Ringo? Uh, uh, what do you I mean these skills? Yeah, he's a fantastic drummer. He's a great he's drummer, great. and uh-huh. I know he's a bit of a dick now. But I mean, fucking hell, he was in the Beatles. He's had twenty years as an alcoholic. He's had the rest of his life as being Ringo from the Beatles. Like, uh-huh. of course, he's not. The fucking man on the street. Paul McCartney is just better at PR. Ringo is yeah. just got, just bad at PR. Like they're both totally well, he's, different. He's the, he's the only one that's not regarded really as as the genius, isn't it? And that must be hard. I mean, I, I know when like you know the Beatles were going. Uh, John Lennon sort of said that he wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles and stuff like that, and that upset him. Which it would. I mean, well, it, it would. It, well, he didn't say that, did he? That's a joke by Jasper Carrot. Is it? Yeah. I thought he did say that. I no, thought, it's a joke I, I, by Jasper Carrot that has been attributed to John Lennon. Is it? <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that not true? Is that it's he didn't actually true. say Never that? Never said it. Never because, said it. 
Because I'm sure, in the, as the anthology goes on, he, Ringo does actually talk about it. He does say that. Well, Ringo, somebody said. should tell him that John <laughs> said that. <laughs> really? Because um, it, if you watch the anthology as it goes on uh, further, he definitely talks about it. So are uh, you saying true. that he talks about a, a Jasper Carrot joke? It's not true. Like, John Lennon never said that. Really? That, well, I... I, I didn't know that because like i say it's in it's in the anthology okay i can't remember that in the anthology but i will be watching it i'll look out for it is the reason why people think ringo was a dick it's because he doesn't want to sign autographs anymore yeah and he doesn't and he said he never wanted to live in liverpool again well of course he didn't but as far (laughs) as i'm concerned right he's he's been signing autographs since he was 24 (laughs) so if he doesn't want to sign on any autographs anymore, that's, that's so he doesn't want to sign autographs, and you said, "It looks like you've done a good job at Liverpool, but it's it's not like I'll be rushing back to live here anytime soon." Like, yeah, well, well of course he's, of course he's yeah, not well, going to, neither uh-huh. Paul McCartney. No, <laughs> none of them live in Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Well, there's only two left. But uh, I mean, so that's the only reason people think that he's a dick, is it? Because he won't sign autographs? I think so yeah, like uh, I think so. It's well, mad. fuck them. <laughs> Tell him. Piss I off. think he's a great drummer, and I think most drummers would say he's a great drummer. Like uh-huh. it's it's ridiculous. It's just a joke that is just stupidly out of hand. But what yeah. I love and what Jane always says when I've got rock and roll songs on, she'll be like, "He's not really singing about uh, climbing up them stairs, is he?" Or <laughs> I'll have a blues no. song on. Euphemisms. Like, yeah. Like he's not. Not really on about squeezing, <laughs> <Lennon>, is he? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, I, I, I think that's obviously what appealed to these lads as well, wasn't it? The, I love that. The words. That main, the the main McCartney story where he talks about twenty flight rock, which is how mm-hmm. he impressed John Lennon. I mean, why wouldn't you tell that story? Fucking hell, uh-huh. it's how you got in the Beatles, uh, yeah. how you met John Lennon. But if you listen to the words of that song, it's amazing. Like basically, a lass is ringing him up, going, "You want to come round to mine?" I mean, mom and dad's out, and he's going, yeah, but fucking hell, you're on the 20th floor. <laughs> By the time <laughs> I get up there, I'll be knackered. And so yeah. he's going, I'm not coming. And then after 10 minutes, he's thought, fucking hell, I can't not go around, can I? So he goes. Yeah. And then by, by the time he gets to the top, I'm too tired to rock. I love rock and roll, me. I love, I love Have you seen songs. the film Girl Called Help It? That obviously is what they're I, I, ha- I haven't, but I know who Jane Mansfield is. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, what an introduction to a film for a star yeah. and a woman. Um, but yeah. you, watch that. 100% you will have the same reaction to the Beatles did in 1958 or whatever, watching it in a, in mm-hmm. a theatre. I watched mm-hmm. it, I don't know how many years ago now, but it was electrifying, absolutely mm-hmm. electrifying. It's it's insanely exciting, brilliant. It's it's incredible. Not only for I mean, you've got performances by all of these guys in it. You've yeah. got Jane Mansfield in it. You've got, mm-hmm. you've got this really bright Technicolor. It's mm-hmm. just it's so good. It, it's I'll watch no it. Wonder. Maybe People, we should do it then. Yeah, like let's watch it. Let's try and watch it. Um, yeah. And then, obviously, R.I.P. Little Richard doesn't get much better than him, does it? Uh, well, no. I mean, Paul McCartney's... Uh, well, a lot of his influence came from him, didn't he? But that was one of the things and... that why John Lennon liked him, wasn't it? That he mm-hmm. he was basically strumming a guitar and all of a sudden he was like, you tell <laughs> 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 Yeah, 
I love that they did the tours together and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And yeah, if you've got the second BBC Sessions album, um, mm-hmm. Paul McCartney does a version of Lucille that for me is almost as good as the original. <laughs> One thing I would uh, advise anybody to do if, if they are a Beatles fan is to go to Liverpool when all this shit's completely over and, you know, do the Beatles tour because... I mean, I'm not a massive fan of uh, of holidays in general, but the best holiday I've I've ever had. I mean, I don't like holidays. I'll be honest. I, I don't like them. I don't like the traveling. I, I don't like you know shit like that. But uh, the Liverpool one that I went on, it was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, you go around and you in the in the bus and you you see where. Aunt Mimi lived and John Lennon. It's amazing. So good. The Beatles story on Albert Dock is amazing as well. Like that museum. It's, mm-hmm. it's it is. It's yeah, fantastic. we went there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, we've been in the cavern, we've been I know, I know it's a recreation and all of that, but it's just it's got still a something about the ca- Yeah, yeah. As soon as I went in, it was it like it was I've I've never walked into a place before like that. You know, I'm Maybe I'm a Sutherland fan, so when I was, you know, a kid walking into a football stadium, something similar. But uh, we went in, I think it was about one o'clock in the afternoon, and it was packed, and it had mm-hmm. this sort of weird atmosphere it that does, you could just does. feel as soon as you walked in, this damp sort of atmosphere. Yeah, I would advise anybody, anybody at all to go there. It's, it's yeah, amazing. I Actually, I'm... Think- um, Next year, I'm 40 next year. I know you wouldn't uh, guess it by my grey beard and stuff like that, but the plan is for all to go uh, to Liverpool next year. Hopefully, we'll, we, can, we can do it. My dad's yeah. 60 as well, so... Um, I'd like to join you because, I mean, your birthday... Well, you're invited, obviously. ...month after mine, isn't it? So yeah uh-huh. uh we always try and come home around that time i'd love to do that i'd love to bring pearl like she was watching yep. the anthology with us today like i just know what's mm-hmm. going on obviously but she was watching um, yeah. i'd love to do that i don't yeah well, well let's mm-hmm. let's try and make it a thing for our 40th uh, yeah for our 40th that would be amazing wouldn't it absolutely Honestly, fantastic. i could i could do that too i've done it twice i've been to the beatles story museum once i think uh, mm-hmm. maybe i've been to that twice uh, Haley from Coronation Street in there actually. Um, Did you? Yeah, Julie Hesmond Hoff. Uh, yeah, uh, great. Like I love it. Like I don't. Yeah, we'll do, probably, let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yeah, we're gonna have the. Well, I guess that'll probably be when we try and organise the flea circus party as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was an idea that we mooted uh, last last week, wasn't it? I still think which, we should do it. We will do it. This is just a fantastic documentary, well worth watching, isn't it, Cliff? Yeah, amazing. Like, uh, I think some of the shots and stuff are a bit dated now, but it's 20, 25, six years ago when it was shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought it was weird that it was Jules Holland, but no one, yeah, doing the interview, that yeah. it's because of the tube and all of that. That is why he's doing it. Because if is you it? watch, if you watch Jules Holland's TV show, he's the worst mm-hmm. interviewer of all time. But we get some good stuff out of these guys. <laughs> he does, huh? Let's wrap it up. I think you said you were going to have a quiz for us. Yes, I've got a quiz. Can I have a wee first, please? Because we have been on a long time. Let's do it. I'll go and say hello to the, the family. And you'll never get to hear that quiz because when we came back from our little break, 
we didn't check it was still recording and having had a few beers we didn't think to make sure so um i'll tell you now i didn't do very well um so instead of listening to that i'm going to play you a tune and in the meantime why don't you follow us on f circus pod on twitter and look for us on facebook it's just the name of the podcast and there's a bit of discussion on there and we can talk about this anything else you want to talk about until the next time here's the song bye 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 Weensy weensy spider went up the water spout Down came the rain and washed the spider out Out came the sun and dried up all the rain And the eensy weensy spider went up the spout again Up, up, up and down Up, up, up www.freeabcsongs.com Happy singing! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.